start out this week with a little yacht rock, <laughs> just to make sure it's a smooth podcast. But that's the theme. Do it again. It's going to be your favorite, and we got a lot of votes for these, so yeah. definitely your favorite horror sequels. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from madwolf.com. And yeah, the best of the next movies. Could be two, could be three, could yeah. be six. Doesn't yep. matter. Yep. Uh, and boy, did we have a lot of great uh, submissions for this. We've been asking for a while. Yep. And uh, we got some goodies. And I got to be honest, this is the first one where I really let, really let votes influence uh, what made the list and where they fell. So you loosened up that iron fist. A little bit. A okay. little bit. Yep. Okay. Because there were some, uh, you know, we've we've been discussing this, debating this amongst ourselves here for the last few weeks yeah. when we yeah. get these. So uh, yeah. it's going to be a good list. Lots well, of, like, lots just to talk real about. Quick, but, just yeah. real quick. Just some of the people who, uh, who uh, especially on Twitter, we get a lot of them on Twitter. Uh, Neil McRobert at Knack Mac, you know I love that name, and mm-hmm. he actually may co-host an upcoming podcast. What? And speaking of co-hosts, Corey Metcalf, our friend from Down mm-hmm. Under, he threw out some ideas. Mike Todd, Joe David, Brandon Thomas, our old friend Brandon Thomas, uh, Kevin Crichton, Tom Howard, Gus Dalberts, Rabble TV, and a bunch of other people. I just wanted to just grab yeah. a quick group of the people who threw out ideas for us. So yeah, thank we you very appreciate much. that. Uh, and very quickly, we appreciate everybody that came out this past Wednesday. We had our latest uh, Fright Club live event. Shaitan. We did a screening of Shaitan, which oh is, uh, as you said, batshit crazy. I love that one. A uh, lot of fun. And uh, we have our next three months of Fright Club Lives uh, lined up and, and with another fun little announcement as well. And uh, we'll get to that here at the end of this week's podcast. But so much to get to. And we should make a, a, a couple minutes of mention because there's a brand new horror movie. Uh, I guess you'd call it a horror movie yeah. out uh, this week. Uh, we both saw it. So The Visit. Uh, what do you think? Um, you know what? It's it's fun. It's not the greatest movie in the world. It's really nice to see, I think, uh, M. Night Shyamalan making sort of a, a positive step, a step yeah. forward. Yeah, it's the best it's, movie he's made in more than 12 years. In, in years. Yeah. I think that's really the, the general consensus. Best movie he's made in many, many years. Um, it's got the, the M. Night twist to it. And once again, uh, the, all the clues are right there for you. It shouldn't be that hard for yeah. you. To, but, but it kind of is. And yeah. it's well done. And he throws... Uh, not you know what, not really red herrings, but he throws things to to get you in to in your path to get you off the track. Yeah, and you know what? Um, um, there are a lot more genuinely funny moments in this than there are in anything else. I mean, it's the first time I really have seen him do anything funny, and he, he's helped that the, the kid is very funny. Yeah, although you know what? I've seen some people refer to it as a horror comedy. I'm not sure I would go that far. No, I, it I'm has with you. some funny it moments, does. but it also has some very effective, um, creepy set pieces. Yeah. Uh, some some scares, yeah. just some. It's it's creepy. I mean, it's flawed. It's not. It is. It's not uh, great, especially if you compare it to you know his best. Yeah, unbreakable. You know, unbreakable. Or, yeah, no signs. Six sense. Obviously, yeah. It's, it's, it's not even. It's, it's nowhere near it that caliber film. It's back in the right, direction. in the right direction. And it seems like he kind of brought just brought everything down. Yeah, a notch. You know, it's, a, everything. it's a fairly slight, yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a bit low key, yeah. which is kind of nice. But uh, but yeah, it's got some got some stuff to it. So uh, uh, kind of a half hearted, yeah, okay, yeah. kind of from both of us. Yeah. Uh, and then the full complete review uh, if you're interested at madwolf.com. Uh, so that's the visit out this week. Check it out if you'd like. Um, but yeah, we've got the top five voted on and some judges' decisions. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> Let's willing, make that clear. I'm not willing to give up entire control, but. <laughs> Uh, and, and I think that will become more clear as we get toward the top of this countdown because you had to make some editorial decisions yes. that we'll have to explain. But uh, let's get into it with um, number five and uh, one we've talked about 
for uh, you know on a few different occasions. Uh, there has a couple of our favorite scary scenes we've talked about, but the movie as a whole holds up. And even though it's a three, it's not really. We'll explain uh, from 1990, The Exorcist Three. You believe in possession, Father? Come to take a little blood from you, Father. Yeah, even though it's the three, it's we kind of think of it as a two because I think everybody likes to pretend Exorcist Two: The Heretic never happened. Well, as this movie does, yeah, it and, does. It and for it never good happened. reason no, because yeah. Exorcist Two: The Heretic is so bad. Uh, it was just a good idea An to say, you know what? Let's just let's, let's pretend just, that didn't happen. Let's just move right along, and it was a good uh, a good choice because this one really is closer to the spirit of the original. Now, well, because it's the return of William Peter Blatty, oh, who, yeah. who, of course, wrote the, wrote book, the book. And, and wrote the screenplay for the original. He wrote and directed the third. You know, and I think that might be part of why it's it's certainly not the masterpiece of the first one, and that's probably because of the director, you know, honestly. And I, I take issue a little bit with some of the way the storyline goes, but on the whole, it's a very effective, well-acted, creepy movie. It's very scary. It is. Um uh- and you've got, uh, well, you've got George C. Scott playing the Lee J. Cobb part mm-hmm, because right. Lee J. Cobb had passed away. Uh, and he's playing, he's back. Uh, the character of Kinderman right. is back. And you've also got Jason Miller. Right. Which is huge. As Patient X. Yeah, that's great. Oh, my God, it is. He was, I mean, yeah, it, it really, really is. And, you know, and then Brad Dorff is always, a, that's a creepy voice. As you know, if you've watched any of the Chucky movies, I mean, he's a very, he's a good creepy voice. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys. He, he came, I think he first, uh, Brad Dorff, uh, we're talking about. Uh, kind of came on the scene back in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah. Nest. He yeah. was nominated for an Oscar, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Played Billy Billy Babbitt. Uh, and then just settled into a, a, a career, a long career of supporting roles, mem- many of them very memorable supporting right, roles. Yeah. And this is one of them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's creepy, or inside these, you know, these patients and yeah. this uh, asylum yeah. and, uh, and everything. And it's just the whole... The whole movie has a, a, a creepiness about it. it does. Um, and those two, yeah, as we said those before, two linchpin scene, yeah. scenes. Shot down the hall, you know, it's it's almost like a Kubrick shot, actually, all the way down yeah. a dark hall, and the woman is, the, the nurse is walking away from you, and just for like a flash of a second, you see this sort of, it's almost like a mummy, you know, it's a tall, creepy person, arms out, sheet over their head, ah, very creepy. Yeah. And then, and then, and of course, there's that really great dream sequence, right? Fabio is in it. Um, <laughs> that's right. Right? Um, Patrick, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing is yeah. in it. Yeah, that's right. They're all angels. That's a super creepy scene. That is. But for me, the one that kills me, as I've said before, is, is in the confessional. It was it's it, it scared the shit out of me. Um, very very effective. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the whole and it 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 goes back so to so many elements of the first one. Yeah, uh, you know, you've got the stairs. Oh yeah, in that whole thing. So it it really ties in very well to the first one, and that's an, one of the reasons why you just have to forget the second one ever existed. Uh, as we've said many times, but uh, but yeah, a three that could be a two, but definitely in one of the uh, one of the better horror sequels, and one that definitely got a lot of votes. Off yeah, Twitter. it did actually. Yeah. I was I was I was glad to see that because yeah, we always love it, and I've always felt like it kind of gets overlooked. So I was happy to see that. So another one that got a lot of votes, although I think you and I have a bone to pick with this, a three that got a lot of votes. Uh, people really liked Paranormal Activity three, which is enjoyable, but you and I prefer two. Yes, very much. Um, in fact, the whole series, uh, I think. People are more down on the whole series than than I am. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought two was very good. Yeah, I, loved I really, two. I really liked did. two. Three, I didn't 
care for there, as much. You know, and then I, I liked four okay. Yeah, you did. You liked four a lot. I liked I liked three well enough. Uh, I lo- you know, the little girls, you know, they're adorable. The, they nailed the 80s. Oh my God. You know, I mean, in very subtle, not in your face ways, they nailed the 80s. And then, um, but for me, by the third one, the found footage uh, element got very gimmicky. It got very tired. And it's like, why... Aren't you helping these little girls put down your giant 80s ca- video camera and help these girls escape? But then in, in 4, even before um, Unfriended, it, it tried oh, yeah, to do yeah. that computer thing where they're on a, a, a cam, uh, a computer you know, video camera there. Um, and uh, I thought 4 worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's funny. 5 th- took a nosedive. And then, of course, we oh, yeah. have 6 coming out here pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, we just saw the trailer yeah, for that. Yeah, we did. We just saw the trailer for that. So uh, interesting. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, uh, it's interesting to, to have three get a lot of love, because to me, that's the weakest link. Well, no, no, five. Five is the weakest. Five was the weakest link, I but like after that, three. three. I'm not going to say I don't like three, but I certainly prefer two. I mean, I, you know, I, I yeah. prefer two to four as well. I really, I really, I mean, I love the first one. I thought it was, but the second one um, it made up for the faults in the first one. The fir- there was just too too much dull space in the yeah. first one. And, of course, Micah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah. the second one, there's no Micah, really, and very little. And then, you know, it's just more consistent, consistently yeah. paced and, 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 uh, and, and creepy, and, creepy as and, hell. And in many ways, more scary. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what, yeah, I thought, I thought two was the one. So, uh, but anyway, at number five uh, in the list, Exorcist three from 1990. And that moves us up uh, to number four. And this one, <laughs> we kind of got, at least I got confused and we'll tell you why. Going back to 1978 for Dawn of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. They must be destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, 1978, as I repeat to myself, because when we were when I was putting these clips together, uh, I went back and got the one from just a few years ago, 2004. From 2004, and I almost we almost went into this. I had that clip ready to go, and, and I I don't forget what I said, but you, and you said, Vivian, you mentioned Vivian, Vivian, yeah, because we have a niece named Vivian, and of course, in the very beginning of the the uh, the latest one, she's the one skating out there. Uh, Vivian, and he said, "No, no, not that one." So, uh, <laughs> so uh, ap- apologies uh, for that. I mixed it up. So, all the way back to 1978 for the Dawn of the Dead. This got this got a lot of love online. It did. Also, this it was did. rightly so. It's a great movie. It's it's great, and and um, you know, it, it's the it, it's the big Tom Savini breakout for the Romero, you know, group of films. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a lot, it's very colorful. <laughs> you know, he went from the black and white original to a very colorful sequel with, you know, a lot of guts, a lot of entrails and kind of, you know, the sort of blue makeup on the faces of the zombies, which yeah. doesn't date that well, but still it's a great movie. And it's a great, very overtly political ideas about consumerism and, and you know, which is, which actually plays out very well. Yeah. I gotta say this. I want to say this because we both love the remake, and the remake is is a great movie, and and it was on our list of, of best remakes, um and uh and and then uh, you know not too long ago as um you know our senior feminist correspondent um Melissa Starker. Melissa Starker brought up Tom Savini remade Night of the Living Dead, and and in both cases what the main thing that the the new filmmakers did was. 
George Romero, I love George Romero. I do. He cannot write a female character. Mm-hmm. He cannot do it. He can't. And the the remakes always correct that. And I'd like to thank people for that. <laughs> but still, it doesn't change the fact that the that the Dawn of the Dead. Romero's Dawn of the Dead is a great movie. And uh, when Tom Savini and the group of, of motorcycle riders bust through that mall and are tooling around, I mean, you're like, well, look, they finally have like a safe, but they're going to get bored. Anyway, it's it's uh, it's great. It's a great movie. It's super fun. And, and then uh, I also liked the remake, um, although it, it doesn't. We love the remake. Yeah, I love the remake. And it's got a strong female character, of course. That's what I'm saying. With Sarah yeah. Polly. Yeah. 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 The remakes of the two Romero movies, that was seemed to be the, the number one correction that the yeah. new filmmakers made, Savini and, and Zack Snyder, is that they, they gave us honest-to-God female characters. And also, one of my, one of my favorite things about the remake uh, was just in the uh, about the first five minutes or yeah. so. After, you know, when they wake up in the morning and Vivian's, you know, got the, got the fever, and she goes after <laughs> Dad, and uh, uh, Sarah Pauly runs out into the neighborhood... When she stands there and she's looking at the carnage in the neighborhood, and there's that wide panoramic oh, yeah. shot. I love that. It is. It's it almost is great. it's it's almost a fisheye. Yeah, very yeah. close to a fisheye, yeah, and I just love it. Where you see everybody running around screaming, and all the houses are on fire. And before she gets in the car and takes out, I, I love that shot. It just, is great. Just saw it. Just saw it the other day. It was on I don't know what some channel, uh, but uh, but that that's. Even though I thought that was the one we were talking about, it's not no. the one on the list. <laughs> I'm, I'm clear now. I'm clear now. 1978, but still, it's in. Uh, it's still in the mall. Yeah, uh, and that brings the the claustrophobic nature, the 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 kind of your sitting ducks uh, kind yeah. of uh, kind of uh, theme to it uh, that the uh, remake kept. But uh, yeah, and, and <laughs> you're right. Some. <laughs> 70s makeup, man. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Uh, you really have to watch it with a, an, an eye for the times. Yeah, you, can't, you have to just yeah. accept... Yeah, you do. You have to accept some of the flaws in it because there's, it's, it, there's some just genius, genius ideas. And that's one of the things. Um, a lot of Romero movies are, are remade quite well because uh, you know he wasn't working with a great budget, and he, which means he often didn't have great um, actors, things like that. But the ideas are his. You know, with these people come in and remake them and do a great job with it. It wasn't their idea. His ideas are ingenious. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of Romero, I want to, you know, his dead series, it went on longer than it should have. There are, <laughs> there were too many, especially in the last stayed, several years. Stayed dead too long. But Day of the Dead 1985 is another great one. Um, you know, it's not as good, but it is good. It's enjoyable. And then uh, a couple of other ones that I want to mention, a lot of people talked about and, and uh, uh, are, are certainly worth noticing uh, are both Wes Craven films. So the best sequel from the Nightmare on Elm Street group was was easily New Nightmare, which was very meta. Didn't see that. And brings us to the other great mm. Wes Craven sequel, which is Scream 2. There you go. You yeah. know, both of them like are that. just, they're fun, they're funny, they're dark, they're, you know, they just, they, they're just really well-conceived and well-executed movies. Remember, <laughs> I just thought of this. Remember when we saw Scream 2 in the theater, and there's that opening part where, I think it's Jada Pinkett Smith, yeah. and she says something about yeah, I have. She wants some snack or something, and uh, the guy says her date says, "Well, don't you have money or something?" And then she says, "Yeah, I have money, but I want you or something that effect." Yeah. And remember, there was a guy sitting right beside us in the theater who just screamed the entire theater. That's how it is. <laughs> 
Remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, that was great. Um, so that's just my little personal, uh, you know, remembrance of Scream 2. Although I do remember, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I did enjoy it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I definitely give love to that, Scream 2 from 97. But but uh, number four, uh, Dawn of the Dead, the original from 1978. Makes the list, which uh, moves us on up to one I know close to uh, close to your heart yes. because how much love you have for the first one, and that is from 1986, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Thirteen years ago, audiences across America were horrified by the savagery of a faceless killer. Now, after more than a decade of silence, he has come out of hiding. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. The buzz is back. Directed by Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper is returns. Back. He, he returns. Back. Um, you know, and I think, and and and, um, and forgive me, I forget who it was. Somebody somebody nominated this and, and said it just doesn't get as, as much love as it deserves. Mm. And that's absolutely the truth. It, it does well, not. Yeah. I mean, actually, I've heard that opinion from a lot of people. Yeah. It doesn't. It's, no. it's overshadowed by, well, the original, obviously. Sure. And by a lot of other sequels. Oh, yeah. But it's so much better than the other sequels. Oh, my God. Um, you know, again, because it's for, for one thing, it's Toby Hooper again, who who certainly has taken a nosedive. I mean, it's not like he's been a consistently excellent director, but um, he. this is a great movie. It's so uh, sort of unrelenting. And Dennis Hopper, right? Oh, yeah. uh, he plays the, the marshal who's looking for uh, the clan, And he's, of course, you know, he's driven and he's not really going to do the right thing. He's really not, which is another sort of great off-putting, weird um, element to the movie is that you think that he's going to help the the people stretch. Who's a DJ, by the way? We should do a podcast on DJs in Jeopardy. We should. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so, you know, and he's not really, he's not really going to help. He's going to use them as bait. I mean, it's just, and then she live, she broadcasts over the air sounds of uh people being killed mm-hmm. they they die and she does it because she she's trying to get some help and that idea to me was incredibly creepy that that you would be without wanting to you would be hearing someone die and not you know die by way of chainsaw that's not a pleasant way to go um it's just great and then there's the whole sort of underground lair and uh, this is the first one with Bill Mosley in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and but Jim Sido returns, and Carolyn Williams plays Stretch, and she's great. She's great in it. Of course, Dennis Hopper is great in it. It's just, it's it's sort of filthy. It's sort of like dark. It's very gross. It's the first time. I mean, I'm sure that in the first movie you understand what Leatherface, what that leather is. But they <laughs> they in case you didn't, in case you didn't, they show it happen in the uh... second one, which is. So unsettling. It's just, and actually, if I could Maybe just a little say, tie into Silence of the Lambs there somehow. You know, it's funny. Um, in in uh, well, in Devil's Rejects, Bill mostly plays one of the bad guys, of course, and they, they have a scene where where uh, his character removes the skin from one man's face and puts it on the girlfriend's head. And Bill mostly in an interview said that was a very difficult scene for him, and he just thought that was really. I'm like that scene was lifted from your other movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. What do you have like uh, amnesia? Like, how, I mean, that was an homage to one of your old movies. What are you talking about, he was Bill Mosley? He was on a promo tour, and he had to stick to the script. But, um, you know, the other thing that might contribute to this getting ignored is because everybody focuses on the one with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, yeah. just because everybody likes to say, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, yeah. and they skip right past this one. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Three has Viggo Mortensen, and it's not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. And Ken Foray from uh, Return or from um, Dawn of the Dead. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely the fourth one, which was just the weirdest. They don't even eat people. I don't even think a chainsaw comes out. It's just the weirdest movie. <laughs> yeah, how can you call yourself a self-respecting t- Texas Chainsaw Massacre if you don't pull out the, t- the, the chainsaw or eat people or eat people? What the hell? She, come on. But uh, yeah, we're get, definitely giving some love as as you did. Uh, in your nominations to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Toby and Hooper is, and Dennis Hopper. yeah. So is another one. It does, this didn't make the list, but this, to me, is in this category because it's a, it's a sequel that's a great movie on its own, but it, it, it suffers by comparison to the first, and so I think doesn't get a lot of credit, which is 28 weeks later. Yeah. I, I, in talking to people, people don't, at least to, to me, they don't give this... As amount of love that I, that I would give it, I think it's pretty good. It is pretty good, and it's very creepy. It's very, very bloody. It's incredibly bloody. It is, yeah. And you know, I mean, the cast is crazy, right? Jeremy Renner, Rose Byrne, um, Robert Carlyle, Idris Elba, although he's only in it for like a second. But it, you know, it's um, and it's and it's another one where the opening sequence is just fantastic. Yeah, like the whole opening segment is just fantastic. Um, and then, you know, you, you know, it takes a little bit of a step back a little bit once it gets sort of going and, and, uh, you know, the, the plague has been contained and, and, uh, the American military are back in London or in London. They've set up sort of a quarantine and they've started to bring back survivors. And, and, uh, so these children are returned to Robert Carlyle and, and Rose Byrne, who's like the medical lead. She's very pissed off that children have been allowed back and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, what they basically find is a carrier. And then, and so that's fascinating medically, the way that they introduce this idea. Well, not only that, I think some of the scenes in the, I guess you'd call it the hospital there, are creepy. Oh, yeah, they're you know, When they're very... separated by, you know, the glass, yeah. and you're looking at what's going on oh, over yeah. there, and yeah, those are creepy they and scary. Are. You know what I think? I think where it, where it falls down for me, um, you know, one of the things that uh, the first one does so effectively is that you're afraid of these you know, they're not zombies, of course, they're not dead yet, but that, we'll call them zombies. You're yeah. afraid of them. They're very terrifying. But eventually, in a very Romero fashion, you realize the military is what you need to be afraid of. Now, exactly. in this film, in this film, the, our heroes buck what the military is trying to do because morally it's repugnant. But by film's end, you realize, no, we should have just done what we were told to do. <laughs> and I think that that might be, you know, subconsciously a reason people don't like this movie as well because that's just not, horror fans don't want to hear that. Yeah. You should have just done what you were told. Nobody wants, we don't want to hear that. Right. It could be. But, and, and you were talking about um, uh, the Dawn of the Dead and the early Romero stuff having political agendas. Pretty much all uh, the good zombie movies do. Good zombie movies yeah, do. There's yeah. political agendas in there, but but you're right. Um, this one kind of turned that on its head. Yeah, and uh, could have been could have been uh, a reason why it got kind of got passed over. But I think it definitely has some uh, some quality there. Yeah. Uh, Twenty eight weeks later, but uh, that li- gets us into uh, whoo, top territory here, and, and these are good. <laughs> Moving up to number two in our list of the best horror sequels from 1987, Evil Dead Two. Four years ago. In this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. And I think I've been 
you know, clear. This is not my favorite. No. But that's okay. Yep. I understand the love. Um, and I, I certainly, um, as, it, as it moved on a few years later to Army of Darkness, I find a lot more to love in the new Evil Dead movie. Which, the, yeah, which we the talked. remake. Love yeah, that, love that. One. But I know I'll, I'll, throw, I'll you know, concede my position here because there's a lot of love for uh, Evil Dead 2 from 87 as uh, Ash keeps, uh, keeps the adventure rolling. One of the things that's fascinating about this movie is that it opens with basically the same storyline as Evil Dead, um, but it twists it around so that it's it's not really the same story as the Evil Dead. You know what I mean? I mean, they revisit it and change it before your eyes uh, so that it, it meets the needs of the new story, which I just think is funny and and, um, and irreverent, which absolutely suits the franchise. Um, and also, uh, Bruce Campbell He's so much better looking in the second one. You know, he's got the unibrow in the first one. And he he's does. kind of a, and he doesn't say anything funny. You know what I mean? I mean, he's just, he's not like a wise ass in the first one at all. He's kind of a bit of a wuss. And of course, the unibrow really is distracting. And he's not, and in the second one, he's all cut. You know, he's got the pompadour going on and he's got all the funny quips. And yeah, oh my this, God. This one, I will give you that. This is when the character really took shape. Oh, yeah. That has become yeah. the, the pop culture icon. Oh, yeah. That is going to continue here very soon. And this gives us a good, a good excuse to uh, time travel a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure you know. I'm sure you know the uh, Ash versus Evil Dead TV series. It is coming on. It's going to debut on the Stars Channel uh, on, on Halloween, Halloween night. night, which is the one and only reason I just added the Stars Channel to our cable bill. <laughs> <laughs> which actually, you know what? We've been watching it here. It's got some decent movies it does. to it. So uh, good for you, Stars. But anyway, uh, October 31st, Halloween is when it's going to debut. Now, just about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. Yep. We got the chance to get Bruce Campbell on the phone and uh, had a, a really it was a, a great time uh, interview. He's yeah. a hoot. And uh, we'll just take you back. And this was the question that Hope asked him a year ago. There's rumors of an Evil Dead TV show. What are your comments on that? My comment is those ain't rumors, baby cake. <laughs> so number one, he confirmed the rumors, which are now obviously coming to fruition. But he called you baby cake. That's right, he did. <laughs> Immediately, my friend Celinda texted Bruce Campbell just called you baby cakes. I'm like, damn right. <laughs> and what is not heard there in the interview earlier, he called me daddyo. He did. So I got that. But uh, <laughs> but you got baby cakes. In fact, hit it one more time. Those ain't rumors, baby cakes. <laughs> there you go. So, so uh, yeah, at the time, he went on, and through the interview, he talked about how he didn't want to jinx it yep. because they were in the, the talks with a lot of different studios, a lot of different people, a lot of different... Suitors, he Suitors, said. he called them. A lot of different interested parties. But uh, so, anyway, we're excited. And you can tell from the trailer... It keeps that that oh whole God. persona yeah. of Ash that began with Evil Dead Two. That I is cannot wait. To I the cannot degree. wait. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the trailer looks fantastic. It does. Uh, really looking forward to that. But anyway, so so go back to uh, what we were talking about. Evil Dead Two. From 1987. Well, you know, and also, I mean, uh, Army of Darkness could easily have made this count too. It's another great sequel. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's less horror, you know, than the first two. It's more dark comedy, you know. But it's 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 great. And another one that you had. Sort of under this uh, under this umbrella was Devil's Rejects from 2005, which I did notice got got a few votes. Yeah, and of course I just mentioned it a minute ago when I was making fun of Bill Mosley, but it's and I'm not a big I'm just gonna I'm gonna out myself I am not a big Rob Zombie fan. I am not either. I don't hate his films, um, but uh, uh, his Halloween movies seem like arrogant corrections as opposed to like loving homages, and that sort of is uh, irritating to me. And then if uh, you and I 
hate Lords of Salem. Oh. We are just going to admit I'm it. I'm sorry. Cannot stand it. But that's another uh, DJ's in jeopardy. I'm putting this together right now. Oh, anyway. Yeah? Okay. So, uh, Devil's Rejects, I uh, enjoyed for uh, Rob Zombie's real skill with um, loving the genre. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, and it's such a throwback to 70s horror, and there's so many cameos, and there are so many just, you know, pieced together, loving uh, scenes that he pulls, not rips off, I don't think, but pulls together from other films. I, I just, and it is so much better than House of a Thousand Corpses. And that's, I think, why it made this, because Evil Dead 2, it is, yeah. for me, Evil Dead 2 is a better film than Evil Dead. And so, and so that's, uh, that's how I find the, that similar to uh, Devil's Rejects. Devil Re- Devil's Rejects is just a better film for me than House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, it is. And I agree with you. I'll give you the Rob Zombie, uh, I give him props. For the the respect he shows to the genre, and you can tell how much of a fan he is, yeah. and he wants to do it right. It just to me, it just doesn't get there uh, too often. I, you know, the the Halloween remake. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I certainly am not as much down on that as I am with uh, the what the one we just Lord of Salem. Lord of Salem. I always forget the title of that. Yeah, which I thought was awful. Anyway, uh, yeah, Devil's Rejects a lot better than House of a Thousand Corpses. I, uh, that give you that as well. But I, uh, I mean, I full on enjoy Devil's Rejects. I think it's a good movie. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, Evil Dead. Two is at number two, and that leaves one at the top. And I think everybody, this one, when you're talking about um, horror sequels, just any, sequels in general, any, it's, yeah, it's, sequels in general. Anybody that, especially as a horror fan, uh, knows that you go all the way back to 1935 for Bride of Frankenstein. She's alive. Yeah, changed from It's Alive to She's Alive and uh, Bride of Frankenstein. James Whale, who we talked about before with the original Frankenstein, is is back. And so many, well, is really any, there's not much debate anymore, is there? This is a better movie than Frankenstein. This is a better movie. I think that there might be some debate. I mean, Frankenstein is is absolutely a masterpiece, but but I agree with you. I think this is a better film than Frankenstein. And, And that's saying something because I do think the James Whale version of Frankenstein is a masterpiece. But this is so much more there's so much more to it there's so many more ideas being floated out there and it's and those ideas are so subversive especially for 1935 like there are so many homosexual themes with the you know they they introduce dr pretorius oh my god he's hilarious yeah and uh, whereas so whereas the first one is really just this um uh fear of and and comment on science the second one is is much more than that there's uh you know and as again I hate to just keep stealing lines from senior feminist correspondent Melissa Starker, but, you know, this was such a feminist statement that she was really the first no means no, you yeah, know? Yeah, because... Oh, my God, uh, and she looks so awesome. She, yeah, Elsa Lanchester, um, fantastic. Uh, the hair, well, the hair is just iconic. Yeah, it's it become is. Absolutely. iconic. Anytime you have a, a hairdo with that streak running up the side, oh, boom. Yeah. That is, but, uh, but you're right about James Whale, and that says a lot about, you know, his... His personal situation, yeah. you, he was making the statements through the movie that you think about the times yeah. back then mm-hmm. that he couldn't make no. about his personal life right. and doing it so well, not only in Frankenstein, but in this one as well. But you know what the things I mean, her look is is um, such a victory because, you know, the thing about the first Frankenstein, one of the things about the first Frankenstein is that uh, the that image, the, the Boris Karloff image that became the image of Frankenstein, that's what he looks like now. And and uh, who would have thought to make him look like that? Everybody else had made him just look like a corpse. Mm-hmm. And um and so w- w- they had to better that 
with the Bride of Frankenstein and she couldn't just come out and look like a whatever. And so, I mean, I don't just the imagination that went into creating that particular look and how perfect is that? It really is. And both of them have 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 lasted to this day oh, yeah. where yeah they're just such such great looks where and and especially that that point is driven home when you consider all the remakes and how terrible they are yeah where you try to to redo the frankenstein lore and try to update it with this way and up this way in cgi no 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 you go back to that original a reborn love triangle because of course from almost from the moment he sees her the frankenstein monster is smitten right exactly and she is going another way right she she wants to be the bride of frankenstein not the monster right but the doctor yeah yeah um it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just a fascinating movie. I mean, he did everything he could do with James Whale to really generate something better than than the original, and I think it is just a masterpiece. And I, I do want to throw out though a couple of classics that you're probably saying, "What? These aren't on the list." Here's why: Aliens, which we love, love Ali- it. Aliens did not make this list because I don't consider it horror. It's an action movie, and it's a great. It's maybe the best action movie ever made, but it's, I don't, uh, Alien, I'll give you. I can give you that as a horror movie. I can. I, aliens, I can't. You know what? I think I understand the arguments for it, but mm. I, I have to side with you on that. I, I, crunch Time, I would have to say no. I yeah. consider it more of an action movie yeah. as well, although the first one, right, I would say horror movie, the second one, but, but love it. Love yeah, it, love absolutely. it, love it. That's not to so, take anything away from it whatsoever. And I, and I think if you've ever... Um, listen to the podcast before you. You know, I we we love the Silence of the Lambs <laughs> just a little bit. I cannot consider it a sequel. It's just maybe it's just a block I have. I can't consider it a sequel. You know, Hannibal Lecter was a small character in another lesser effort, and um and so you know. But I think that happens, like the Marvel universe. You know what I mean? If somebody shows up in the kicker of a Marvel film, you don't think that when he gets his own movie, that's a sequel. Yeah. So I'm clinging to that. Right. I, I just can't have it. I can't have it be a sequel. Yep. I can't. And I'm, I'm with you, although I'm sure there are people you want to get technical about it. Okay, fine. Yeah. Understood. But just for these purposes, we just uh, we there said... There are rules. Home rules. <laughs> we just said, love these movies. And also, I guess, maybe the tiebreaker, if there was one, and there wasn't really, by leaving them out, it gives us a chance to talk about some of these others. Um, but but I agree with you on both counts. Yeah. I, I really do. Although uh, if you feel the other way, I can see that it's it's not a total empty argument. But uh, but that's why they weren't on there. Yeah. But uh, but hey, if you want to let us have it, let us have it. We like all comments all the time at uh, Mad Wolf on Twitter, M A D D W O L F. Also uh, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook, and of course Golden Spiral Media that's always right. anytime. That's right. Um, you can just you can uh, leave a message. You can leave a voice message. Of course, you can also leave a message directly on our website at madwolf.com. Yeah, plenty of ways. But uh, we were talking about uh, news for the next three Fright Club live events coming up uh, October, which is obviously a huge month yep. for horror. October, November, December. I think we've got a pretty good lineup, so hit us. Yeah, on uh, so it's always the second Wednesday of every month, so October the 14th, we're going to show Housebound, some yeah. fun Kiwi horror. That so is, much fun, with a live audience yeah, especially. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because that's the first way that what's we the, saw it, that we we saw saw it with it a live the, audience, and just a hoot, just yep. a hoot. And then uh, in November, on the, the 11th, we're going to show Orphanage, the uh, Spanish language, super creepy, yeah. such a beautiful film. Really, really is. 
And then uh, for Christmas, Merry Christmas, Christmas for Christmas on the, on December the 9th. It took us a minute. We're like, because there are a lot of Christmas horror films to choose from. There really are. And we said to ourselves, which one do we like the best? And I think a which lot of our... Which one sums up the Christmas spirit better. For us. I think a lot of the podcast Fright Clubbers are going to agree with this. Inside. 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 <laughs> We're going inside for Ooh, Christmas yeah. on uh, December 9th. So join us, please. And also, the plans are right now, if all goes well, to have the uh, October... Uh, event on the 14th with Housebound. Before the showing of that movie, we're going to record this podcast live with a cranked up live audience. That's right. So come uh, out. So Join that us. should be a lot of fun. That's uh, that's the plan right now. Hope it hope it goes well. So <laughs> so uh, all that is in the pipeline. Very excited. Now next week on the podcast, especially for my birthday. That's right. Which is the 21st. That's right, George Wolf. We're going to go with uh, werewolves. That's right. The, my uh, best werewolf because movies. Because way back in the day in my hey DJ days, I <laughs> I went by the Wolfman. That's right. Remember that? Where's my Wolfie? <laughs> he had this crazy lady would call him all the time. Where's my Wolfie? Yeah. So uh, so anyway, werewolves next week. Looking forward to that. Then, then the week after then that, your your twin sister Joy is going to be on with a twin horror. Uh, and we need your votes yet again uh, for the best slasher movies. And That's boy, right. So the first, our first podcast of October, we're going to hit slashers. And we've not done that one yet. And uh, it's a big pool to choose from. And we'd like you to help us out. So, so what, could be, uh, what could be the best, uh, the, good, the good hashtag mm-hmm. to use? We best had slasher film? Best slasher, slasher film. Mm-hmm. You pick it. Uh, we'll try to get that rolling. So let us know. Uh, on Twitter for your and best actually, slasher movie. A quick thing, uh, our, our old friend from Down Under, Corey Metcalf, mm-hmm. is going to co-host that with us because he's a huge slasher fan. Yeah. And I hope I'm allowed to make this annou- announcement. I'm going to co-host his podcast throughout October. Uh, he does a podcast on Golden Spiral Media called Triple Cast. And each week, it's like a theme for three weeks. And it's bad slasher sequels we're going to talk about for three weeks in a row. So. And I might have something to add. Maybe. Although a lot of them I probably haven't seen. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so good stuff coming up. As always, uh, let, hit us up. Uh, give us your slasher uh, ideas uh, at Mad Wolf on Twitter. Uh, and until then, this is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf. Stay frightful, my friends. Go back.